What's going on? And welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and then eventually respond to them in a way that hopefully helps you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Let's be honest, your life, my life, our lives are very messy. Our church is very messy. And sometimes whenever we're confronted with the messiness that is going on out there in the world and in here in our hearts, we don't know what God's will is. It's hard to discern how is God inviting me to respond to this situation that I am facing right now. And so the purpose of this show is for me to try to accompany you in discerning God's will. What's God's plan for your life to become a saint, to respond in such a way that would please Jesus Christ? So the way the show works is you write me questions. You write me questions, and in every show I respond to three to five of those questions, dealing with everything ranging from relationship advice to spirituality to prayer, forgiveness, morality, justice, charity, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, apologetics, whatever. Uh, and hopefully my, my responses to your questions are helpful to you. I'm not perfect, though. And so disclaimer is this. I'm broken. I'm imperfect. And every now and then I might give you advice that is not helpful. If that is the case, I want to invite you and give you freedom to reject it. Reject whatever it is I say that does not help you to grow in virtue, that does not help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. However, if my advice is helpful but potentially hard, uh, then I want to invite you to lean into it and take it to prayer and ask Jesus to give you the grace, and he will, as he always does, to to live out whatever that, that suggestion is that I'm trying to share, um, if it will help you to, again, become a saint and help others become saints. If you're a first-time listener, then I want to invite you to email me with your questions, to uh, hit me up with your comments, with your critiques of the show at askfatherjosh at essentialpress.com. That's askfatherjosh, F-R-Josh, at essentialpress.com. And you can also rate us and review us on iTunes, uh, which helps other people discover the gift of the show. On today's show, we're going to talk about a number of things. We're going to talk about family members who are living in sin and how do we respond to that. We're going to talk about dating and whenever it's particularly difficult uh, right now because our friends are dating a lot and, and we're single because we're trying to do it right. Uh, workplace jealousy and also remarriage and forgiveness. But before we get jumping into those topics, let's do a glory story. So my glory story this week, it, uh, it comes from my parishioners. I, uh, I love being a pastor so much. I have, uh, I have the, best, the best bride of Christ in the world. And uh, right now the church is just it is being purified and... If I sound kind of emotional, it's because I I'm, I am emotional right now. I've been crying, <laughs> and it's uh it's just been a difficult difficult few weeks for all of us, for all the members of the body of Christ, the laity, the clergy. Uh, certain members of the body of Christ have have been offending Jesus, uh, and and you know recently that came to the light with the recent court case up north, and and uh, I think it was in was it Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, is that where it was? Pennsylvania or somewhere. Um, and yeah, it's just disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. 
what some of the members of the body of Christ, namely some of the hierarchy in the church, the clergy, have done to offend those who are most vulnerable among us, and uh, including young people, children, young adults as well, uh, because of their sexual deviance. Uh, the sins of some members of our hierarchy have completely just broken broken Jesus' heart and mine. And it's been a difficult week, and I've been just praying a lot. And, man, it's been, yeah, it's, it's been a bad week, you know. It's been a bad week, bad couple weeks. And I just, my heart can't, I, for the victims who have, who have been silenced or for the victims who never were able to experience justice, God bless you. God bless you. And I'm so sorry that members of the church that you trusted have hurt you. And, yeah, and so it's been a difficult, difficult time just being aware of, of how much purification the bride of Christ still needs, right, and, and is undergoing actively, praise Jesus Christ. Uh, but it's been so beautiful, my parishioners, some of the, them, the way they've responded, responded to to this crisis in the, in the in the church that Jesus Christ founded and they have responded with with prayer and fasting and penance and in a call for reform a deeper call for reform you know bishop Fulton Sheen he said years ago archbishop Fulton Sheen he said it's it's not going to be priests who are going to save the church that Jesus founded or bishops who are going to save the church that Jesus founded he said it's the laity and man Ah, we're seeing it. I'm, I'm so proud of my bride because they are just stepping up and demanding, uh, demanding healing and renewal and reform and justice. And uh, and so some of my parishioners, along with their friends from other parishes, have started a movement called Way Gray, Way Gray, um, and Wear Gray dot org is I think the website. And it's basically it's a it's a lay movement um, to call other laity to pray and to fast. Independence, like they would in biblical times, uh, and and also to call the clergy to this as well, to 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 really quit being lazy, to quit being so mediocre. We don't need any more mediocre shepherds who might pray the breviary or who might not, who might offer mass reparations, who might not, who might pray the rosary, who might not. We need priests who are saints. All of our our shepherds. It's time to live lives that are canonizable, and Our Lady are doing it. Our Lady are saying, we're going to do this, and we're going to show you how it's done. And so it is just so beautiful for me to see the lay people um, to step into their their place in the body of Christ of, of, of calling every member to be saints. And so with this wear gray movement that's going on right now, uh, they wear these gray ribbons, like sackcloth and ashes, with the sacred heart of Jesus on it, because his heart is being pierced over and over and over again. And uh, and not only are they praying and fasting and doing penance, but they're also writing letters to the hierarchy of the church, inviting them to to also live lives of penance and to pray and to fast, but to also um, bring about reform, systemic institutional reform, and in, in policies that might allow for this this culture that exists in in some circles in the clergy, this culture that um, exists where priests, you know, cover up for priests and have each other's back and uh, and allow for sexual deviance to continue and to, to uh, allow brothers to live in sin and support sin. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Sin is sin is sin, and it's disgusting, and it's demonic, and it's of Satan. And and we can't live in this... this uh, 
we can't allow this culture to, to, to continue to, to, to go on where, where stuff is being covered up, if it is, and it's not being brought to the light. Um, not cool at all. And so we need to, to have justice. Uh, and, yeah, so it's so beautiful. My, my lay people and my parish are bringing me so much joy because of their love for the church that Jesus founded. Like, they are not revolting. They are reforming. Like, Francis was asked by Jesus in prayer to, to rebuild his church. The laity are rebuilding the church now. They're saying, all right, we're going to do it. We're going to do it, right? Um, and, and God bless those bishops and, and priests as well who are, who are collaborating with the laity and, and who are also working for reform. Uh, that's awesome. But it, it's, 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 this is a season of the laity to step up and to reform the church from within, uh, like Mary did, you know, like whenever the apostles, those first priests, hurt the body of Christ, and Peter denied Jesus, and, and Thomas doubted him, and, and John abandoned him in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was Mary who brought John back. It was the lady, that, that, that woman Mary, uh, that wife and mother Mary, who brought John back to, to being uh, a saint and, and living a life that was canonizable. And, uh, and Jesus himself, when he came back, he didn't revolt against the apostles and say, y'all, look what y'all did. I'm done with y'all. No, he stayed with them and gave them a chance to be reformed. And it's time to reform our church from within. Uh, and, and authentic reform will only come from prayer, fasting, penance, and, uh, and also systemic change of uh, policies and practices in our church. So I have hope. And in the midst of this mess, I have hope. And uh, yeah. I was actually, I was praying with Matt Marr, his song, uh, You Were on the Cross. I wasn't praying with Matt Marr, the person. I was praying with his music. Uh, you Were on the Cross. And, man, I was just thinking, man, yeah, Jesus is just weeping right now. He's weeping. But he's also raising up Catherine of Sienas who are, who are going to, who are gonna, um, step into the gap. And they're going to bring about reform in the church that he founded. So, so yeah. My glory story is, is simple. It's just that uh, in the midst of this mess, God is purifying his church. And I pray that he continues to bring, bring to the light that which needs to be brought to the light to purify it all. You know, we all need purification, every single one of us. We all need to reform every single one of us. But our, our church needs reform right now um, so that we could be the beautiful bride that Jesus desires for all of us to be, uh, including you and me. So uh, let us all continue to to immerse ourselves in Jesus so he could continue to transform all of us so that we can all begin to live lives that are canonizable, all of us, including me. I'm broken, I'm imperfect, I'm a sinful priest, and I need to be a saint. And so, God, give me the grace to live a life that is canonizable. Yeah, so that's the glory story. I love my lay people. (laughs) All right, so before we get... Jumping into today's topics, we have a few follow-ups from previous podcasts. The first one comes from Audrey. Audrey writes this, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I am loving your podcast. Thank you, Audrey. Uh, Thank you so much. So after listening the other day about the couple, Brad and Caitlin, who will be fertile on their honeymoon, I'd like to shed light on a personal example. Um, Here's a scoop to maybe help them out. I got married when I was 22. When I was 22, boo, 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 this goes out, out to you. You said you was 22 when you got married to the man who's now your boo. All right, so you got married when you was 22, and you said, and now my husband, and my husband was 24. 
He was 20. Nah, I can't do that. So I, too, was fertile on our honeymoon. And while we wanted to wait a bit to have children, uh, number one, in our vows, we stated that we would be, uh, we would accept children lovingly and willingly from God. Number two, it was our honeymoon. And well, yeah, let's get to honeymooning. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my goodness. I don't know why I'm laughing at that. <laughs> yeah, let's get to honeymooning. That's right. Do your thing. You married now. Do your thing. All right, number three. We were married, so why wait? That's right. <laughs> Praise God. Number four, part of us felt like, can we really get pregnant? Uh, will it really happen? Uh, well, you can't fool science or the body because, lo and behold, a short three weeks later, I just didn't feel right. My workouts were terrible. And an incredibly funny story for another time, I found out that I was pregnant. I, period, was, period, terrified. All right, well, look, before we get to your terrifiedness, uh, I want to hear that funny story. So hit me up with another email about that story. So again, you said, I was 22. I was newly married. My husband was between jobs. I had an eh job. Money was super tight. My family at the time lived 1,800 miles away. What was that song by Vanessa Carlton in the early 90s? It was on the movie White Chicks. Uh, Marlon Wayans and his brother sang it. Uh, if I could something... A thousand miles. Do you know I'd walk a thousand miles if I could just see you? <laughs> White Chicks is a funny movie. I'm sorry. I don't know if it's an offensive movie or not. So if it is, don't judge me. Uh, but it is a funny movie. Uh, anyways, yeah, so 1,800 miles away and although my husband's family only lived two hours away it's a little difficult sometimes to reach out and, and oh oh yeah all while my husband was between jobs I was fired from mine being only 18 weeks pregnant for being pregnant that's an injustice on top of that we were starting two new businesses talk about stress anxiety and the unknown etc but you know what God's timing is always perfect God's time God's time <laughs> He understands us. Uh, we made it, though I was terrified, and it was all through perseverance in prayer. Amen. Relying on Jesus Christ and remembering that the birds do not know where their next meal comes from, but they must trust, or something like that. Yeah, it is something like that. It's called the Gospel of Matthew. Right, Father Josh? That's right. Yeah, help me out. Seriously. Our first daughter has taught me more about life than any book or previous life experience could have ever done. I'm thankful that we said yes. All you got to do is say yes. That's a that's an R&B song from the early 2000s. All you got to do is say yes. That, that November 2010 on our honeymoon, if you can even call it that, ha-ha, we were too broke at that time to afford one. Say yes. You can and will do all things in Christ who strengthens you. Say yes. Fulfill your vows to one another. Live as one flesh together. The gift of life is a gift. Embrace it. Say yes. That's from Audrey. So thank you, Audrey. Great, great follow-up. And one more follow-up. Uh, this came from Samuel. Sam, Sam. Uh, he says this. First of all, thank you for the time, thoughtfulness, and prayers, compassion, and dedication you have given to your listeners through this podcast. I love this podcast, man. Uh, every episode, I learn something new about my faith and my church, some way I can deepen my relationship with Jesus, some tool for becoming a better man. Seriously, thank you so much. I'm so certain that there are many graces and blessings pouring from the show. It's such a great way to sanctify modern media. All right, Sam, thank you for that. Please pray for me and pray for the whole team here at Ascension. 
uh, that we may continue to cooperate with God's grace and pray for all the listeners that they may receive the grace of God and become saints. All right, now let's jump into today's topics. Our first question comes from uh, JP. JP writes this about a family member living in sin. Thank you for calling it what it is, JP. You know, before I get into the question, I just think we live in a a culture and a world where we don't call sin what it is. And it's super dangerous. You know, like we call uh, strip clubs gentlemen clubs. What is gentlemen about a strip club? No, call it what it is. It's a, it's, it's a strip club where women or where men are objectified, right? Not cool. No bueno. So anyways, let's start, let's start calling stuff for what it is. We call, you know, I'm not going to go there, man. Anyways. <sighs> so Father Josh, how should I handle my relationship with extended family members who have committed adultery and are now living an openly sinful lifestyle with another person? It does not appear that these people are open to reconciliation with their spouses, but they desire to maintain a relationship with much of our family. Furthermore, my wife and I struggle with clarity on how to we might explain the situation to our kids as they grow older. Okay, great question, JP. All right, so first thing I want to invite you to um, do, of course, is pray and fast for these family members, but also invite them to start spending time with Jesus. Where they're at right now in their sin uh, here's a true story. I, I've, and I'll just be general with it because I've walked with a number of people with this, but I've had people literally who were living in adultery um, who, as they began to learn how to pray with the scriptures, Lexio Divina, and they began to practice it daily, uh, they were c- confronted by Jesus Christ himself and the word of God because the word of God is living. It's a living word. And Jesus Christ himself began to confront them and haunt them with his spirit. And, and guess what? They, they had a conversion and, and came back to the church, came back to the sacraments, and, uh, and yeah, began to live a life, a moral life that was in line with Jesus and his church. So uh, along with praying and fasting, first I just want to invite you to maybe extend an invitation for them to join a Bible study group with you. Like maybe start up a small group Bible study and invite them to join. And then in that Bible study, hold them accountable and and teach them how to pray. And and that way, their hearts can be softened by Jesus' grace for whenever you have this difficult conversation with them where you talk to them about the sin they're living in um, eventually down the line. Have that conversation and say, like, look, I want you to be a saint. But, like, the way you're living right now, potentially you could be going to hell. Like, you're on that path. And, and, and so God loves you and he's merciful, but like what you're doing now is not okay. And so um, remain in relationship with these people, right? Because remember, Jesus remained in relationship with the apostles whenever they sinned against him because by him remaining in relationship with them, he gave them an opportunity to be transformed by his, his grace. And so remain in relationship potentially with boundaries with regards to your children because um, we don't want to make it seem as if we're supporting their sinful lifestyle, where at the same time we are supporting their walk toward eternity. And so we, the only way we can support that is if we're hanging out with them, spending time with them, uh, and, and being their brothers and sisters. As far as your kids, look, I mean, again, call them what it is. As they get older, let them know. If they continue to persist in that lifestyle, then this is what's not okay. And, and, but we love them, and we're praying for them, and we're going to continue to reach out to them. And so you, you model for your kids what Jesus did for us in the Gospels, how he continued to reach out to people in the midst of their brokenness, continually inviting them to conversion. 
And so just keep inviting them to conversion. Uh, but really, I, I don't underestimate the power of prayer, fasting, and the power of inviting people to start to spend time with the scriptures. And just teach them. Teach them how to pray Lexia Divina. There's four steps to Lexia Divina. Reading, meditating, uh, praying, and contemplating. Uh, and then there's a, a fifth response that a lot of people do nowadays, which is the action response to that. And so read, what does the gospel say? Meditate, what does it say to me? Uh, pray, have a conversation with Jesus about what it says to me. Contemplate, sit with Jesus, and let him gaze on you as you gaze upon him, and then potentially come up with a concrete action. And I've seen miracles work from the word of God being applied to people's lives, like legit. When I was on the campus at LSU, I saw kids convert like crazy during Bible studies. I've seen people in my parish today where I'm at now literally become on fire for Jesus through Bible studies and through their personal time outside of Bible studies with Lexi Divina. I'm telling you, small group discipleship Bible studies is where it's at, and uh, I think you might see some supernatural fruit from that uh, in, in your lifetime. And if not, then you'll see it when you get to heaven. So hopefully that's helpful. What do y'all think? Do you have any additional advice for JP? Hit me up at askfatherjosh at essentialpress.com and let me know. All right, next question. It is about dating, and it comes from a lonely sister in Christ. She writes this, Thank you so much for your show. I enjoy listening to it and focusing on God while I work out at the gym. I work out. All right, cool. So I'm 26 and recently ended a year and a half long relationship with my boyfriend, I could feel God tugging on my heart the last six months and knew something wasn't right. I knew my boyfriend wasn't a practicing Catholic, but he was trying for me. I tried to ignore the anxiousness and picture myself marrying this man, but the anxiety became so overwhelming that I ended the relationship. My daily routines have quickly changed. Everything I was comfortable with slipped out from under me, and I'm hurting. After discerning for six months, I knew God was calling me to end the relationship. My question for you is, as a young person trying to live a faith-filled life, how can I get over the bitterness of seeing all my friends living with their boyfriends, vacationing with their boyfriends, and having sex? Why does it feel like I'm the one losing for trying to follow Christ? They all seem so happy, yet I'm the one hurting and alone. Thank you so much again and again. Great question, Lonely Sister in Christ. Well, I guess the first thing I just want to invite you to do, first I want to affirm you. God bless you for, for being in tune to the spirit and being sensitive to the movements of Christ and him inviting you to walk away from a relationship that you perceived wasn't healthy. Praise God. I want to affirm that and tell you that that consoles Jesus's heart, that you um, were willing to give up a relationship for, for him. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And I'm proud of you, my daughter. Uh, also, though, I, I think that you might want to discern who your friends are. If all your friends are uh, vacationing with their boyfriends and having sex with their boyfriends, that's called sin. Uh, that's called serious sin. That's pretty grave matter. And I don't think that, uh, you know, I, one of my, gosh, my buddy Paul George was just here at my church this past weekend, and he gave a talk on friendship. And one of the things he says is that um, your, your friends, like, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. <laughs> and, uh, and, the, and the people that we hang out with the most will affect us. And so... Um, if those are the people you hang out with the most, like a lot, and uh, then they're going to eventually rub off on you in a negative way. So you might want to discern while maintaining those friendships um, for the sake of being the light of the gospel for them, you might also want to begin to have other friends outside of those friends who can uh, affirm your decision to be holy 
and who can accompany you and hold you accountable to being a saint. Uh, so that's the first thing I want to say. The next thing is, just practically, I would say, uh, I don't know if you're on social media and if you're checking out their, their Facebook pages or Instagram pages or Twitter or whatever, but I would just say try to avoid that. Try to avoid that. I think that might be a near occasion of sin for you. It might be a near occasion of, of brooding uh, and just unhealthy uh, for you to look at their lives uh, and what appears to be happy. Uh, they might experience some temporary satisfaction from their relationships, but they're certainly not going to be authentically happy living in sin because sin can never satisfy. So though it may appear to satisfy, it really doesn't. And so to to fight against that vice of curiosity, I would just say avoid social media and get plugged into your church. Get plugged into a young adult community, potentially in your area. Um, get plugged into a small group Bible study. But uh, just a- a- avoid letting that feed you. The more time you spend with Jesus and the more time you spend with Christ-centered relationships, the more time you spend with the Word of God, the more the Word of God will transform everything, even the way you see things, the way that you feel. The Word of God is so transformative. And so I just want to invite you and encourage you to spend more time with the Word of God and let the Word of God fill you and spend less time, um, if you are on social media with that, spend less time with, with, with movies that aren't life-giving, with movies that are trashy, with music that is... Um, feeding those passions, and uh, and give that to the Lord. I, I really do find, like, sometimes I minister to people who, who question church teachings, and I ask them how much time they spend with the catechism, how much time they spend with the Bible, and they're like, well, not much time at all. And then I ask them how much time they spend watching MTV and VH1. They're like, all day long. And I say, well, that's why you think the way you think, because that's what's feeding you. And so just allow the Word of God and the church and the grace of Christ to feed you, and I think that you will find that it's very helpful and uh, and Jesus, again, he's sufficient. He is so sufficient, and he desires that which is best for you. And uh, I just want to invite you and encourage you to let him do what's best for you, which is to make you a saint with or without um, a man by your side. So hopefully that was helpful. And uh, hit me up and let me know if it was helpful for you. Try it out. Try it out for a while. And uh, so what do you all think? Do you have any additional advice for our lonely sister in Christ? Write me at askfatherjosh at essentialpress.com and let me know. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into our final two questions. If you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie and Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash ascension presents. That's youtube.com slash ascension presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. All right, we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can send me your questions at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. If you're feeling fancy, record a voice note and send that to me as well. We can play it on the show. And also, please, please, please rate and review us on iTunes to help other people find out about the show. Share the show on your Facebook, your social media, your Twitter, your, your Gram or whatever, your Snapchat, and uh, help other people encounter Jesus through the podcast. All right, our next question comes from, let me check out your name. It's a super long question. Recommitted Mama. I like that name. M-A-M-A. This goes out to all my recommitted mamas. This goes out to all my recommitted mamas. All right, so I'm writing to you because I recently found the podcast, and I think you might hear me. 
When I was in my early 20s, I was married in the church. My marriage barely lasted a year, no kids. I did not have my marriage annulled. Five years later, I married a Baptist who was and is openly contemptuous of Catholicism. My second marriage ended in divorce after 20 years. My second husband and I had one child who is now 22. Our son recently graduated from college and is living with his dad and will continue to do so while he attends grad school, which starts in the fall. I live three hours away. This past year, after being away from the church for decades, I recommitted to my faith. I feel Christ's presence and love in my life every day, every hour. It's incredible. I hardly recognize the person I was a year ago. I've confessed the enormous sin of not having had my son baptized or raised in the faith, which was my fault. Father counseled that I should pray to St. Monica for my son's conversion and continue to witness my Catholicism to him. That is great advice. Whoever that priest is, God bless him. My son is a kind, smart, and sensitive young man. He'll attend Mass with me when he's in town, but he has no real understanding of what's going on and no desire to check out RCIA. Why should he? I need a St. Ambrose to show up in my son's life or a St. Barnabas. He has good friends, but none of them are Catholic or even necessarily Christian. Besides praying, especially to St. Monica and living my faith, how can I help my son find his way to Christ and his church? I found my own way back, sure, but I was raised in the faith and always self-identified as a Catholic, even when I surely didn't live like one. Also, I know that God has forgiven me through the sacrament of reconciliation. Yes, he has. But I cannot seem to forgive myself. I'm crying as I type this. I love my son to pieces, and I have done this great, great, great wrong to him because I was so lost myself. I'm so sorry this email is so long. Thank you for listening. Recommitted Mama. Yeah, God bless you, Recommitted Mama. Uh, you know what? God's grace is... So, so awesome. He he knows the whole story, and, and he's working on your son right now as we speak. And so, yeah, I think the priest gave you great advice to ask St. Monica for intercession, to, to live out your faith joyfully, to invite him to Mass whenever he comes into town. One other thing that I would recommend is praying for his friends. Begin to bless his friends and ask the Lord to send him holy friends who can draw him to, to Jesus. Pray for his dad to, to also have a conversion, right? to, to uh, come to the, to the church, to the fullness of truth. I mean, certainly his dad might be uh, a disciple of Jesus, but, you know, with Jesus, there's always more. And specifically, you know, the, the sacraments are something that is more that his dad might be missing out on right now. And so pray for his dad as well. Pray for his community to, to be the ones to draw him. I, I find quite often it's not us who are the ones who are the, the people that are able to to invite our brothers and sisters back to Jesus, but it's it's the community that our brother that our family members are, are in that are able to invite them. And so pray for that community to be holy. Um, with regard to uh, your own uh, heart right now and just what you're feeling, I want to reverence you first of all, but I also want to invite you to maybe spend some time with Jesus and Lexio Divina with the scriptures. I, I, I described Lexio Divina earlier, but specifically like just pay attention to the way that he loved people. And the more you can like pray with your imagination of placing yourself in the scriptures even and allowing Jesus to love on you the way he loved on the people in the word of God, then I think that will give you the grace to be able to, to forgive yourself the way that he forgives you. Uh, the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we're going to act like Jesus. One of the marks of a disciple is someone who imitates Jesus. And Jesus Christ forgives you. And so the more time you spend with that Jesus in scriptures who forgives you, the more I think you'll be able to forgive yourself as well because you are the body of Christ, and he wants you to reverence your body 
as as well. But I will uh, promise you today, I will pray for your son as well, and that he will come to experience the the great gift of uh, of of the church that Jesus founded. Also, one more thing, real quick. Um, there's a song by the singer named Will Reagan called Through and Through, uh, and I would encourage you to listen to that uh, song and just pray with Christ loving you through and through, no matter what. All right, so hopefully that was helpful. Recommitted Mama, I'm so glad you're back home, and will you please pray for me? All right, final question. Workplace jealousy. This comes from a guy named Philip. First, I would like to say that I love the podcast. As a cradle Catholic who left and came back recently, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am starting to realize how little I know about my faith. You know, me too, bro. Yeah, I'm still learning every day. I also love the prayer that you do at the end. It is the only time of serenity that I get at work. Which brings me to my question. I have a coworker who is leaving for a new job, and I'm struggling with my emotions. On the one hand, I'm excited that she is leaving because the job is constricting and the company is toxic. But on the other hand, I'm struggling with jealousy. Uh, what's that song by Nick Jonas? Jealous? Like, I don't even know. Jealous? Uh, nope, I don't know it. I've been applying to other jobs and have had no luck. And she never gets her work done <laughs> on time. And she constantly complains about the people in the office. I feel like she doesn't deserve this new job. It is causing me more angst than I imagined it would. I'm sorry for laughing. It's just kind of, it is kind of funny. Uh, and I was wondering if you could speak on how to handle this situation. The situation. I feel almost as if God is teaching me a lesson, so to speak. Well, yeah, Philip, God is always teaching lessons. All right, I, I want to tell you a quick story. So years ago, I, uh, I was invited to go to, to Rome by two of my buddies on a pilgrimage there to Rome and to Assisi and to San Giovanni Rotundo. And so that's where Padre Pio is that Padre Pio is one of my, my patron saints, and John Paul is one of my patron saints. And so uh, leading up to this trip, I had been in communication with this priest over there in San Gennaro Rotundo about saying Mass at Padre Pio's altar where he celebrated Mass at. And I was, like, super stoked about going doing that. And so we first go to Rome, and I remember praying in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel uh, by St. John Paul the Great's altar. And I perceived, I say I perceived because I'm not infallible and I'm not a mystic and I don't know if I'm... Whatever, but I perceived God speak to me, and I perceived God say, um, "Josh, you will receive the gift if it is for your sanctification. You will not receive the gift if it is not for your sanctification." All right, cool. So basically, what does that mean? If 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 anything is going to help me become a saint, then God's going to make sure I have it. If it's not going to help me become a saint, then He's not going to go out of His way to make sure I get it, right? Because God's a good Father. So uh, right after this happened, we went to. Um, we went to San Giovanni Rotundo, to Padre Pio's place, and I go to meet with the priest who told me he was going to let me say Mass at Padre Pio's altar. Well, he wasn't feeling good that day, and he said, I'm sick, you can't do it. And I was like, yo, but like we came all the way from America for this. And he said, yeah, no. And I remember I was so upset, and then I, uh, I was in the sacristy, and I ran into this other newly ordained priest, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm Father Josh, he's like, I'm Father So-and-So. I said, hey, what, you, what are you about to do? And he said, oh, I'm, I'm about to go celebrate Mass on Padre Pio's altar. <laughs> oh, man. Y'all, the envy was real. Like, I, I, I didn't have to say Mass on Padre Pio's altar at this point, but I certainly didn't want him to. And, uh, yeah, and so I was, like, furious. And so I, like, I stormed out of the sacristy like a little baby and ran to Padre Pio's body. His body is incorruptible. His body is on display. It never decayed. 
And so I began to fuss at him. So I looked like a crazy person. I was like fussing at Fajr Pio's body. I was like, dude, why would you want me to come all about here to celebrate mass on your altar? And I can't even do it. And I'm like just fussing out loud. And all of a sudden, whenever I got quiet and had some silence, which is always good, I perceived those words from Jesus again. Josh, you will receive the gift if it is for your sanctification, and you would not receive the gift if it is not for your sanctification. And all of a sudden it hit me that I'm called to be a saint, and I don't need to celebrate Mass on Padre Pio's altar to be a saint. And potentially this young newly ordained priest in Rome needed to celebrate Mass on Padre Pio's altar to become the saint that he's called to be. And it was just so much freedom came from from experiencing that grace. And it's really been a freedom I've been able to live in throughout my entire priesthood now. Because every time I notice someone else has something that I want but don't have, I go back to that truth from Jesus that if I needed this to be a saint, God would make sure I have it. Because he's a good, good father. It's who he is. Yeah. And, uh, And so, yeah, he's a good father. So trust that. If it is for your sanctification, then you will be able to experience a new job and it'll be good for you. But if not, then, then dude, you don't need to. Um, so what, what should you do? I would say pray a litany of gratitude and focus on the gifts that you do have. And then also pray the litany of humility uh, and replace the word others with your coworker's name. And, and that might be helpful. For instance, here's how it would look. You would say, from the desire being preferred to my coworker, deliver me Jesus. That my coworker may be loved more than I, Jesus grant me the grace to desire. That my coworker may be esteemed more than I, Jesus grant me the grace to desire. That in the opinion of the world, my coworker may increase and I may decrease, Jesus grant me the grace to desire. That my coworker may be chosen and I set aside, Jesus grant me the grace to desire. That my coworker may be praised and I go unnoticed, Jesus grant me the grace to desire. That my coworker may be preferred to me in everything, Jesus grant me the grace to desire. That my coworker may become holier than I, provided I become as holy as I should. Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That, so, anyways, litany of humility is one of the most boss prayers ever. I want to super, super, super encourage you to pray it and listen to "Good Good Father" by House Fires Two. I think that's the name. Great song, just to remind you that God is good. He is so good, and so, uh, yeah. Hopefully, that's helpful. All right. If y'all have any additional advice for Philip, then hit me up at AskFatherJosh at EssentialPress.com and let me know. All right, that brings us to the end of today's show. Regardless of your circumstances, here are some universal points that we can take away from today's questions. A universal point that can be drawn from Philip's situation from uh, jealousy in the workplace is always remember that God desires that which is best for us. And, and so if we, if we notice other people are growing in any way, shape, or form in our workplace environment, praise him. Praise him for the ways in which they're being affirmed and acknowledged that we're not because Jesus Christ is enough, he's sufficient, and he has that which is best in store for us. So ask him to increase what he's doing in their life and, uh, and then to increase whatever he wants to increase in our lives, which may look a lot different than, than we expect. When it comes to uh, experiencing the forgiveness of Christ um, for ourselves, like, for us to be able to imitate him, spend more time with Jesus. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more time we're going to begin to act like Jesus. It's like going to the beach. You go to the beach, get a suntan. You didn't do anything but show up to the beach, hang out with Jesus in prayer. If you just spend time with Jesus, trust me, he rubs off on us and we'll begin to act just like him. When it comes to dating, uh, never settle for sin. Don't settle for sin and uh, and also 
surround yourself with a community that will support your potential um, growth and holiness, your capacity to be a saint. We need to have community. We're no, we're not an island. And so discern friendships and discern who's going to also have the same goal as me of getting to heaven. And then the other friendships, I would say, uh, I would honestly like treat them more like ministry and I would evangelize to them and reach out to them for discipleship. But I, I wouldn't um, put all my eggs in those baskets of people who aren't living lives that are conducive for me to grow um, in my relationship with Jesus the Christ. And when it comes to family members living in sin, again, trust in the grace of small group Bible studies and the grace that comes from people reading the Word of God. Invite them to do that, read the Word of God, pray and fast for them, and be honest in conversations with people about um, about salvation and about your desire for them to be saved. So that brings us to the end of today's show. Hopefully those universal points are helpful for you. Let's, let's pray right now. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, I just ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit right now and uh, renew your church. Renew your church. Renew the body of Christ. Uh, give us the grace to desire, to desire, to be saints, to live lives that are canonizable, to never settle for the mediocrity that we may have been living, um, to never settle for sin, and to be open to your word, and to be docile to your spirit, and to go where you desire us to go in our walk toward eternity. Lord, give us the grace to run, to run to heaven, to not drag our feet and to not just walk and that to not jog, but to run to heaven with the crosses that we carry, to run to heaven so that we can experience the, the, um, the grace of perseverance, Lord, the grace of perseverance. Um, Jesus, make us saints. Jesus, purify your church, cleanse your, your church, your bride, your body. Give us the grace to be agents of renewal and reformation from within uh, so that people can experience your sacraments that you've given to us, especially the sacrament of Holy Communion, the bread of life, the Eucharist. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, yeah, and Mary, Mother Mary, walk with us. Mary, bring us to Jesus the way you brought John to Jesus. Amen. All right, y'all. God bless. I'll see you next week. <laughs>